Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everybody listening, wherever and whenever this podcast finds you. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Bitcoin Weekly Wrap-Up for November 22nd, 2019. This week's Weekly Roundup is sponsored, once again, by eToro. This is a, a really interesting platform. It lets you buy and sell Bitcoin safely and securely. They actually existed prior to Bitcoin, and... Uh, you know, they've created some really cool to, you know, tools, whether you're new to all this kind of stuff or whether you've been doing trading and stuff like that for a while. So say that you are new to trading. If you are kind of unsure of any of your strategies, you can practice that with a virtual portfolio. Let's say you, you practice these strategies without actually risking any real money, but using real order books. But you can also use something called copy trading, which lets you allocate a percentage of your portfolio to multiple successful traders. And the service actually automates it. So whenever they trade an asset, so do you. You can allocate, let's say, 5% of your portfolio to a certain trader whenever they trade and allocate a certain amount to Bitcoin, to Ethereum, whatever it may be. It allocates that for you and does all those trades. So if you find a guy who knows what they're doing, then you get the benefit of their experience. And they actually benefit from this as well. So if you're an experienced trader, you get a benefit from people actually you know, copying your trades because you get a percentage of what they made off of you. So everybody wins in this. If you actually go to didyouknowcrypto.com slash eToro, that's E-T-O-R-O, you will get $50 absolutely free. Um, it's subject to some deposit minimums and things like that. But, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, a pretty cool because you'll get 50 bucks and they're happy because I'm, um, you know, my listeners are appreciating our sponsors. And uh, once again, everybody wins. Let's actually look at the price. So when I originally was doing kind of the bullet points for this wrap up, um, I was originally looking at it, that's sticking around 8,000 again, but uh, between now and then it's now dropped down to about a $500 drop about five, a little over 5%. We're now sitting at 60, uh, 76.44 on the 21st at about 9, 10 PM Eastern standard time. Um, so this week's first story, it's about the Fed's snail pace at innovating. Big surprise. And this is actually good for Bitcoin and privacy because in adopting a digital dollar, um, uh, the Fed has been talking about through this, doing this, and their slow pace of doing this is good for us. It's good for privacy. It's good for Bitcoin um, because they've been talking about adopting what has been called the CBDC or the Central Bank Digital Currency. So representatives, uh, U.S. representatives, French Hill and Bill Foster, both a Republican and a Democrat, respectively, back in October, wrote a letter to the Federal Reserve uh, asking them to consider creating a digital dollar uh, based mostly on concerns that a private entity or country, by that they mean Facebook or China, could undermine U.S. dollar global dominance. The Federal Reserve responded that they uh, they continue to, and I quote, carefully analyze the costs and benefits of pursuing such an initiative in the U.S., unquote. Um, and that the introduction of such a device would raise important questions regarding law, monetary policy, stability, and regulation, right? So this is expected from the Federal Reserve. Most people in the Bitcoin space 
uh, and definitely within the larger crypto space, don't really understand Bitcoin. And even people within Bitcoin, I don't think myself included, don't fully understand Bitcoin. So how the heck are the old fuddy-duddies up at the Federal Reserve, you know, supposed to understand how all this works? You know, China recognizes a very specific benefit to their interest. This is namely their ability to track everything their citizens do. This is the bad of the double-edged sword of the you know blockchain technology that Bitcoin created. And this has been a priority for theirs for decades. Um, they've created probably the world's greatest surveillance state uh, ever to exist, second to only our own. Um, or maybe the UK might have us beat out. And this is not, you know, like all that tracking and surveillance. It has nothing to do because of drugs or like illegal activity, but because it, they don't like the cash society because it allows citizens to have an important aspect of their life shielded from the unwavering eye of Sauron, Emperor Winnie the Pooh. And the, you know, him and the Communist Party are always kind of concerned that the Heffalumps will attempt to wrest away power from the party if you're aware of uh, Winnie the Pooh canon. Uh, the Federal Reserve is exact, acting exactly like what I would expect them, uh, an archaic institution, to do. Um, they are slow to start. They are fearing the unknown. And all I can say is, okay, Boomer, Bitcoin's got this. Uh, in Libra News, the chair of the CFTC, that's the U.S. Commodities Futures Trading Commission, spoke, uh, spoke to CNBC um, after the CME Group Global Financial Leadership Conference about Libra. Uh, contrasting it with Bitcoin, the chairman of the CFTC stated that Bitcoin had been around for 10 years uh, and it is, quote, well understood, unquote, and that the CFTC is able to classify. They are very confident in classifying Bitcoin as not a security, but a commodity, but that the Libra is, quote, fundamentally or is a quote fundamentally different product unquote maybe some people in the government do actually kind of get it and um you know with libra he said there are a bunch of unanswered questions regarding how it's going to function how it's structured and this is to me another indication that the real discussions the ones not in the news are still ongoing it's also important to note that a story broke wednesday uh on the 20th of november that Mark Zuckerberg actually attended a previously undisclosed dinner at the White House with the president, his wife, and Peter Thiel while he was in Washington for the Libra hearings last month. So that's also kind of another facet of these discussions are ongoing. And, you know, I think that with Trump really wants to get a trade deal done. That's why this Hong Kong bill... Uh, that's kind of basically chastising China and imposing um, some uh, sanctions on what will ship to Hong Kong. Um, this is all in relation to the the way they've reacted to the protesters. He wants to get this trade deal before the election. So it, hopefully it boosts the economy. Wall Street goes back up and they can keep this house of cards kind of stuck back together uh, for at least a little bit longer until after the election. And with that, though, I think that he's China's always been a very big focus for him. And I know that he is probably very supportive of anything that is countering Chinese dominance or growing Chinese dominance. So, um, you know, with China's continued movement 
towards a digital one and the Fed's kind of stagnation in developing their own private um, alternative, or I should say, it's not technically the Fed is private, but developing a Federal Reserve slash U.S. Treasury alternative uh, is still highly likely. You know, if it's highly likely we're going to see some sort of thing like that, but I think it's even more highly likely we're going to see a privacy or private alternative. If it's not Libra something else, possibly less toxic. But I think the farther we get away from the 2016 election and the blame many in Congress place on Facebook for Trump's election, the more likely that a deal can be struck. And I've said it before, and I'll continue saying it. Uh, I think that the private alternative is what the true power, power brokers in Washington want a digital U.S. dollar, a Fed CBDC or central bank digital dollar. What, 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 let me what was it again? Central bank digital currencies. Yeah, CBDC, uh, you know, would have to abide by constitutional protections while a private alternative like Libra would not. It makes it a much more desirable alternative, not just to competition with the one, but just to the, a digital U.S. dollar or just the current U.S. dollar. The PBOC doesn't have any of these sort of constitutional restrictions at all. Um, and while those pesky shreds of privacy that still remain in the Constitution would hinder uh, what most people want in a Fed-based dollar alternative, those few shreds remaining don't apply to something like Libra or another private alternative. A somewhat, well, I guess not really related, but in, in related political news, Andrew Yang uh, released a technology plan with which briefly mentioned cryptocurrencies. And Yang is attempted continuously to frame himself as some Bitcoin-friendly candidate, which is anything from the tooth, truth. He is a technocrat, um, a top-down autocrat who thinks that he has some whiz-bang fix for everything, you know, and this is not a new thing for a politician at all, but he frames it in the use of technology and math, and I've got, you know, very much kind of Elizabeth Warren-y, I've got a plan for everything. Um, you know, if you've lost your job at Burger King, you know, because of a kiosk, well, $1,000 will fix it. If you got a problem with kids playing video games, um, we're, we're, uh, he's going to start the department of the attention economy, and that's going to fix it with regulations on removing autoplay from streaming devices, right? Because you know what America needs and wants is the government telling it how many episodes of Black Mirror you can watch tonight. So even he even wants to, <laughs> this is one of my favorite things that kind of went under the radar in this technology plan, he wants to highly tax online ads, right? This idea of, and he specifically says, so they can move to subscription-based models. This is, all this is going to do is make content creators, you know, I could be biased or I am biased because, you know, doing that, this would affect me. Uh, having content creators move to a subscription-based model to survive is, a, like that. that's, has so many ramifications, um, you know, which, you know, thank God 
Andrew Yang is the one saying it because every day I get emails from listeners asking me to start charging a monthly fee for the podcast because what they really want is another bill in their life, right? They really want another bill in their life. They don't like getting free content constantly with a few ads here and there. What they really want is another bill in their life, you know, from every single podcast and TV show that they watch. Um, so what did he actually have to say about Bitcoin and blockchain products? So that kind of went on a digression, but some other political stuff, because I, I just really despise Yang Gang types. But, you know, if you're one of those out there, I really encourage you to read his plan. It makes no sense. The idea, I'm not, well, not going to get into that in, in depth, but the idea that you are going to keep all existing entitlements and just allow people to pick whatever they want does not save money. If you get $1,500 a month in entitlements currently, you're not going to switch over to $1,000 a month. If you get $200 a month currently, of course you're going to switch over to $1,000 a month. There's no cost savings in it at all. And then on top of that, you're going to institute a carbon tax, a VAT tax, internet online ads tax, you know, to create all these different departments throughout the government and this idea that, oh, well, it's just going to pay for itself, whatever. I encourage you to do the math since he likes to talk about it, but not actually do it. But what did he actually say, though, as it relates to Bitcoin and blockchain? Well, the most crypto-friendly candidate he wants to put more regulations and laws on the books. Big surprise, right? Because that's what Bitcoiners have been asking for years. More laws and regulations. Yang claims this is going to help with mass adoption. He's not technically incorrect in a way. The lack of clarity in the law is a problem for people wanting to start businesses and do things. But this guy is not talking about, we just want to make it really easy. What he's talking about like all politicians end up doing, is making it onerous. It pushes everybody, just like when you put online ads and tax those, all it's going to do is force content creators and podcasters, unless there's somebody like Joe Rogan, to have to jump in to a subscription-based model with a larger company, right? You're just going to have to sign up for you know, Anchor or one of these other companies or fall under one of the other larger media corporations and basically you upload your stuff to them just like you do YouTube and they'll play their ads on your stuff and you'll get like 2% or they're just going to charge access to their um, to their platform and you just get a small percentage of it. That just means larger corporations who've been artificially given a monopoly on this space are going to earn all the money. And all the smaller startup, medium size, until you get to Joe Rogan size and you can create your own pirate ship, um, in, in their words, uh, they're, they're the only ones going to be able to survive. They're going to do the same thing to Bitcoin. They're going to do everything, you know, they can say that they're meaning well, but it's just going to end up being a total crap show. So to Andrew Yang, I also say, okay, boomer. Uh, a few weeks ago, I also talked about Bit uh, Bitmain. They were breaking ground on a Texas-based Bitcoin mining facility. And at the time of the release, it was then to be the largest in the world. It may seem that they may have competition coming up for this title as a data center developer, uh, Windstone US, 
they who already own a uh, Bitcoin mining facility in the U.S. as well as a few over in Europe, I think Sweden and Norway, I forget exactly where, they broke ground uh, themselves on what would actually start out as a 300 megawatt facility. If you remember, uh, Bitmain's plan is that it's going to start as 25, ramp up to uh, 50, and eventually maybe up to 300 megawatts. The Windstone Data Center would be also located, actually, in Rockdale, Tech, uh, Rockdale, Texas, which is an area, as I said, is an area rich. Uh, in a past episode, I said that uh, it's an area that's very rich in underutilized energy. They produce a lot of energy, but it's really underutilized, which means it's basically being wasted. The data center will cost 150 million dollars to build and be online next year. Uh, they said first quarter. Uh, with 300 megawatts coming online right away in that first quarter. And they're going to expand to a full gigameg, pardon me, gigawatt, uh, by the end of 2020. So now, to be clear, though, this is not apples to apples per se, because this is going to be a data center, but they're expecting to use a majority of the uh, assets in this data center for Bitcoin mining. So it's not a dedicated Bitcoin mining facility in the way Bitmains is. These folks, it, basically what they're doing is they are going to be creating a, a, a massive power plant that's going to power a data center and that's going to provide that level of power availability to any client who would furnish um, a portion of their facility for whatever they want to use it, whether it's data storage or Bitcoin mining. So they've apparently they've already got a couple clients already lined up, ready to start Bitcoin mining once it goes online. So it's actually a pretty good thing with all the hype around Bitcoin mining hash rate falling due to you know the halvening coming up, um, halvening or halving. Uh, but it, it, with all that talk, it seems like investors and entrepreneurs are putting serious money and being very confident in the future of Bitcoin mining profitability. Uh, I was. This was going to be the last story, but I actually saw something right as I was looking up the price. And this is on Coindesk. Uh, the blockchain sleuthing firm Chain Analysis apparently just slashed the workforce by 20%. I, I, I did do any prep on this. So I'm reading this as we're doing the show right here. So uh, bear with me here. Um, the downsizing will help put the five-year-old chain analysis on the path to profit. Prep, yeah, can't talk path to profitability uh maddie kennedy uh their director of communications said allowing the company to shift resources into product teams and a go-to market strategy uh, it's the biggest layoff in the industry since the winter crypto winter 2018 um so chain analysis apparently this mass layoff has been uh, is following actually a string of really positive announcements for the company uh and what they do is they actually do basically what sounds like blockchain analysis and they mostly do stuff for like illicit activity tracking stolen funds uh for exchanges uh and one of the they're one of the most well-known blockchain sleuthing services and they've been a longtime customer of the u.s government uh the u.s department of justice used chain analysis to take down the world's uh, largest child pornography site last week or last month leading to hundreds of arrests and rescue of 23 children, which that's a very, very, very good thing. 
Uh, they've also been used with, uh, they've had contracts pretty much every single year. A lot of it to look for probably stolen funds, um, suspected dark market rings, um, also to identify individuals known Bitcoin wallets and try to see if anybody's tax cheats and all that kind of good stuff. Um, they have raised $53.6 million uh, total in the years uh, since they started the company in 2014, and they've been very aggressive in their expansion. Um, so this is really interesting. I, I don't know how much to read into this. One possibility might be that the U.S. government is uh, creating their own uh, ability to analyze the blockchain and are needing them less and less, and they're just seeing future revenues drop in that, or or could just be the fact that they are deciding to kind of cut the fat in the company, which does happen from time to time. So it'll be interesting to see how this story develops and kind of look at the ramifications of it. But that is this uh, that is it for this week's weekly wrap-up. I really want to thank you for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Um, if you would, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. You'll see in the, oh, pointing the wrong way, right down here, you'll see a little subscribe button. Uh, it's a little red button says subscribe. If you're on mobile, it'll be a little bit lower kind of in the description section. I'd really appreciate it if you do that. Uh, if you are listening, please go and leave a review on iTunes. Just go to my website at digionocrypto.com. Uh, and click on the Apple icon to leave a review or go to digitalcrypto.com slash platforms and just click on the little Apple button. Um, and also, if you're on YouTube, hit that little bell that comes up when you subscribe. You get notifications every time that I upload a new video. I post episodes twice a week, sometimes more. Uh, interviews usually go out on Monday at about 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the weekly wrap-ups, uh, I try to get out the night of Thursday, if not Friday morning. And, you know, I already said thank you to listeners and people watching, but I really would like to thank you. The numbers have been uh, steadily growing, which is making me, you know, very happy. Please reach out. Let me know if there's anything that you think I should improve on. I mean, I'm, I'm aware of some of the things that uh, I need to improve on in this podcast, but uh, there may be things that I don't know. and and. I would really encourage you to do that with, you know, any of the podcasts, especially smaller ones that you listen to, because it really does help us to understand, you know, just because you say something doesn't mean I'm going to change something. But if I start to see a trend, I will recognize you know, things that my you know listeners, my subscribers, the people watching on YouTube are appreciating or not appreciating. And that way I can kind of shift things to make it a more enjoyable, a uh, just a more profitable mentally um, experience for you listening and watching and thank my sponsor eToro um, head over to digitalcrypto.com eToro get your 50 bucks for free use a great platform for buy selling and trading bitcoin so thanks for watching thanks for listening and i'll see you guys real soon <laughs>